This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Tort Talk. This is the podcast where you hear legal things, you hear current event things, you hear all sorts of interesting things, and you know what? We want to make sure it's interesting to you. So if you could, just go down below. You can just look down a little bit, and you will see that there are places where you can send comments. So we know we're talking about what you want us to talk about. You can ask us questions, and of course, we'll try to get to them in future episodes. But for right now, the important thing is that we are back in the studio, and of course, I am joined by Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster, and I'm so glad to have you back in the studio today. Terrence, how are you doing today? Uh, good. Glad to be here. And as you well know, sometimes we talk about the law and sometimes we don't. And today right. is going to be one of those current event days. Well, we've been talking about Israel a lot uh, recently. And, you know, this is something that I think, unfortunately, kind of gets lost a little bit because the news cycle is you got to go with the latest big thing that people care about. Uh, you have to continually push new stuff because people get, I don't want to say jaded, but, you know, maybe they start to kind of lose interest a little bit. And it's an unfortunate part of what the news cycle is, I think. Um, So I'm really glad that we get to talk about this more because it's such a huge, massive issue. It's like, you know, the average person doesn't necessarily think about Ukraine. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on right now. And maybe this question is a little bit harsh, uh, especially given what we talked about, but has Israel gone too far in Gaza? You know, that that answer is very sticky. Uh, And I actually play devil's advocate. Lawyers play play devil's advocate. Yeah, you have to. When I was a young lawyer, just depending on what side of the case I got retained on. If I did divorces, I got retained by the wife, I'd argue this. If I got retained by the husband, I would do this. But really, uh, on one side of the coin, I could say, no, they haven't. Um, What happened on October 7th can't be forgotten. It was not just a little skirmish. It wasn't the typical missiles coming across the border. This was an invasion, they think, of maybe 3,000 now uh, Palestinians or their sympathizers, uh, whether it be Hamas or whoever, and the slaughter of 1,200 innocent people, most of which were unarmed, uh, children, women, and so forth, elderly people, and then, of course, the kidnapping of close to 200 people. So... There's there is that retribution part of it, but really, the goal is to totally denuder Hamas. So just pushing them back and saying, "Okay, that's fine. Let we'll call it a day." They'll just come right back. So mm. I think they they want to uh, destroy the tunnels. There's networking of 300 miles of concrete tunnels, and it's not easy because a lot of it was intentionally built under hospitals mm. and under uh, schools and uh, apartment buildings where many people live. And, and it does make it more difficult to, to do a lot of things. But I, I, I've heard people use the word ex- ex- exterminate uh, Hamas and, mm. and so forth. So in many ways, uh, many people think they haven't gone far enough. They want to totally make it where they just can't, pop right back should uh, a ceasefire be called or peace uh, accord uh, generated. And and so that's the thought process uh, amongst many, many people that, that, yes, they need to keep on going to accomplish the initial goal. Otherwise, it's just been a waste of time, money, and human lives. And, and, and I, I hear that loud and clear. But conversely, 
if we go the flip side of the coin, um, many and many American Jews, many Israelis feel that the continued bombing, especially of um, uh, civilian centers, even though Hamas has, has purposely intermeshed themselves with civilians underneath civilian buildings, the carpet bombing or whatever kind of bomb bombing you want to call it, and, and the incidental uh, civilian lives that are lost, small children, women, yes, they have been killed, and it is thousands. There's no exaggeration there. Uh, and it's sad. Uh, maybe people that were totally innocent just sort of caught in the in the uh, in the line of fire, so to speak. Uh, many people are suffering. They're starving. Lack of uh, medical treatment. Mothers trying to give birth in really horrible conditions. Uh, there is a humanitarian aspect to this uh, that Israel cannot ignore because Israel has to think about this. There's there is this immediate. Uh, a problem with Hamas that they want to snuff out, but they also have to be very careful in the world's eyes, you know, because they're asking money from the United States of America. And if a lot of Americans just don't have the Americans don't have the stomach for it, uh, that becomes a problem. And just the, in the, in the world uh, at large, if they, cause now some of the news feeds have changed to the, the poor, uh, uh, plight of the uh, Palestinians. Now, what's interesting, though, is it is dire over there. Uh, Israel had argued that they're doing everything they can with humanitarian aid from therein, from Israel, and that Egypt's doing very little, and that they will not let people cross into Egypt. And, and you wonder about the motivations. You can only guess at Egypt's motivations around Rafa. So Rafa is a very big city. It's in the south. It's it's within spitting distance of Egypt, and it's really the last bastion of where maybe the Hamas are holding out, mainly because it is in the south. Because the, the the invasion of uh, the IDF came from the north, came from Israel, coming through the north, and pretty much a lot of the cities and whatever have been eradicated. The people have been pushed and pushed and pushed, but there's nowhere for them to go, <clears throat> and Egypt doesn't want them. Uh, some people have argued with well, Egypt uh, is worried about having terrorists in their country. They, mm. they, they certainly are Arabic. They certainly uh, are Muslims, but they they don't really want to have uh, a bunch of jihadists there. That may be their argument. I really believe that in some way, most of the Arab world wants the Palestinians to suffer. Now, this is kind of twisted log- logic, but ever since 1948. Nobody's taking these people on. I mean, uh, Jordan, uh, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, and nobody's absorbed these people, and they would rather have them be the poster children, the martyrs of the colonial uh, Israel, what Israel has done to these poor people, and keep it that way, keep their conditions that dire so that they could just be a talking point as opposed to being absorbed in uh, to um, those other countries and 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 so forth, so it, it's it's a very complicated chess game, I guess, over there. Many Westerners don't totally 
understand it. And I don't claim to be an expert myself. It's just what I've gleaned through reading and talking and so mm-hmm. forth. But there, there may not be a real right answer right now. What we do know is this. Now, what's, what's interesting, before this whole evasion, the, you know, I mean, the mortar attacks, it's just a daily thing. I mean, it's, it, you hear about it, but they, they put the alarms on and thank uh, goodness the Iron Dome probably took care of about 90% of these rockets that were being fired. Very few are being fired now. So they have eliminated a lot of the threat, a lot of uh, uh, Israelis for the first time in Ashkelon and other cities close to the Gaza are enjoying what they call it quiet. Mm, what we yeah. would call peace, they call it quiet because they don't have a, mortars in the air every day because right. there's no one to shoot them off. And and they've certainly, in the northern part, they've eliminated a lot of the strategic positions and, and so forth. But it's just no easy process. And what makes the whole, this whole thing very convoluted, very difficult, is is the, the uh, hostages because... I mean, the, the percentage of Israelis that want the hostages back is off the charts. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And, of course, uh, they were taken on purpose. Uh, you know, many were killed, but they took that many for bargaining chips, rightfully so. And, and some of the what's on the table now, they're trying to broker the peace agreement. But on one side, Israel say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll cease fire for six weeks. You give us back our hostages, all of them that are left, and we'll cease fire for six weeks. And Hamas says, no, no, no. We're not going to have you take the hostages and come right at us in six weeks. Uh, we want a permanent ceasefire. And we also want all these terrorists back out of prison. So you're talking about all these trades. I don't know if you remember this, but it was about, I can't remember the exact year, but let's just say seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. there was this... Uh, Israeli young soldier that had been caught. He was kept in captivity right. for years, and they finally exchanged him one person for how many? How many uh, jihadists? A thousand. Oh gosh! So they got their one Israeli back. So they want uh, they want to give up the. It's probably down to 130, 150 hostages now. They want to give up give them back, but they want to, to get thousands of their people, most of which are. Uh, linked to terrorism back and and they've already found out that some of the people that were released because that israeli soldier were masterminds or big players in this recent october 7th attack so it's very sticky it's very sticky so they're not even talking about one state two state anything like that it's just you know how long is the ceasefire i don't think israel's going to agree to a permanent ceasefire Hmm. at this point i I think they really want to do what they can to destroy these tunnels to make it so much more uh difficult uh for future incursions uh, because this has been the worst that they've experienced probably all the way back since to 1973. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they are calling this a war. It is a war. It's not just a battle or a skirmish, uh, what they're used to. It, it's, it's a full-out war, and um, there have been a lot of IDF casualties as well. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm torn. I'm, I'm yeah. very torn. I'm very pro-Israel. But I also I hate to see civilian carnage and the the side effects of that and and the what they call incidental deaths. All all people are important and nothing's incidental. 
But uh, those are my thoughts. I see we're out of time. We have a lot of uh, to talk about. Yes, we'll we have three more episodes. Oh, my goodness, yes. We're going to be talking about a lot more. Of course, we're not just talking about uh, Hamas itself, but also anyone who might be backing them. We'll talk a little bit about possibility of Iran backing terrorism. Um, but for, ta- for now, you're right. We are out of time. So, Terrence, how can people get a hold of you if they need to? Well, as a lawyer, as a personal injury lawyer, which I am, 850-434-3333, or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Thank you so much, Terrence. Again, if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, any of the episodes that we've been talking about, uh, about talking about Israel, they are all previous episodes. You can just scroll right up there in the player and take a look at them, listen to them as well. Thank you so much, Terrence, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.